Hey Church, good to be with you. We are currently doing a series called Hashtag With Me. And I want to elaborate a little bit on that idea today from the aspect of how can we be passionate followers of Jesus during these COVID times? I mean, how do we experience Jesus with me? And how do we experience with each other during these times? You know, as we look at this uh, COVID season, when it started off, we thought it would be kind of short, maybe, you know, a couple of weeks, six weeks, and then it stretched out to the summer. And here we are uh, starting the school year and we're trying to figure out, okay, what is life going to look like, not only for the next month, but for the rest of the school year. Now, most of the schools have kind of figured it out, and we're realizing that it's going to be disruptive for pretty much everybody. Uh, so it's impacted all of us. And uh, let's be honest, I don't think any of us are loving it. It's more like how we're dealing with it. But I am particularly interested in how do we connect with Jesus in these pretty strange times. Uh, so my concern would be is that are we able to really connect with the Lord and experience his presence? And at the same time, there's this enthusiasm that we want to be uh, loving others and reaching out uh, to others because we passionate followers of Jesus, and that's that's all we do. Now, because all our rhythms have changed and the way we're doing life has changed, it doesn't necessarily happen uh, automatically. I think we need to be intentional about developing healthy rhythms with the Lord, uh, being intentional about how we can experience God's presence, experience God's love, experience God's peace, uh, how do we do that? How do we find that? And then not only that, then how do we then live it out uh, fully? Because part of our joy and our experience uh, of the Lord is loving others and being available for others. So uh, I want to talk about this today. There are a lot of scriptures uh, talking about one another. And I want to drill down into those today. I, I, let's just ask for the Lord's uh, presence before we do that. Let me just mention that the Apostle Paul was an inspiration for all of us in dealing with adversity and dealing with situations that were always changing. And the last verse in the book of Acts says this. And this is when uh, Paul was, you know, in prison, in Rome, not in ideal sit situation. He says, you know, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. In other words, the Apostle Paul didn't use adverse external situations, being in prison, being in a foreign land to slow down his enthusiasm for connecting with Jesus 
and for doing what Jesus requires, quite frankly, all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, doing the stuff that Jesus asked us to do. Uh, Paul was just able to overcome, and so he inspires all of us. So with that, let me just pray. Jesus, I just pray today that you would touch every listener, that they would experience your peace, your joy, your ability to help us overcome. And out of that abundance, Jesus, you would help us to reach out to others and to encourage others with the same joy or breakthrough or insight that you've given us. But Lord, that we can be passionate followers of you, even during this time. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So my uh, primary scripture today would be love one another. Uh, and you can find it in a number of places, but I'm reading it from 1 John 3.23. It says this, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Okay, so here's the thing. I think Jesus wants us to be obviously connected with him. We need to believe in him. We need to have relationship with him. And we need to figure out how to do that uh, in these times, establishing good, healthy uh, rhythms. But it doesn't end there. It carries on and says, and love one another just as he commanded us. Uh, look what it says in the Gospel of John 13, 34 and 35. It says this. So now I, Jesus, am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. You love each other your love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wait, there, there's a lot there. Jesus has loved us. That's the starting point. We need to experience that love. I am not advocating that somehow or other I'm making you feel guilty and you need to go and do stuff. And No, I'm advocating that we love others out of the overflow, out of what we've experienced from Jesus that we recognize that we can be helpful to other people at this time. It is pretty uh, easy to feel spiritual uh, when it's just Jesus and me. I mean, I love my own time with the Lord. I love spending time in the Word. I love getting away alone. Uh, I love connecting with Jesus in these ways. But that's not the end game. The end game isn't just for me to connect with Jesus. That's the start. The end game is to be filled when I connect with Jesus. And then there's a relational desire. There's an overflow. They're saying, Jesus, I'm your, your servant. I'm, I'm your follower. I want to be doing what you're doing, which is about people. And it's about loving others. Uh, so that's what I think we need to be at. Don't just stop at just you and Jesus. Start there. And you have to start there. 
You know, our faith is not a private matter. The commands that Jesus gives us is that we would love others. And we do so because of an expression of Jesus' love for us. And it comes out uh, through loving others. And not only that, in this verse it says, and that will be proof to the rest of the world. I mean, it's a, it, it, we do it because we want to help others. But the byproduct of helping others is it's proof to the rest of the world that we really are true believers. And so that's challenging for us. And I ask you to think of your own life during these last six months. Firstly, have you found a way to connect with Jesus? And is that rich and, and rewarding and meaningful? I'm not saying is it easy. I'm saying these are difficult times, but is this a lifeline for us? And then once you've established that, then be asking the question, Jesus, who do you want me to be loving? And how do you want me to be loving them? Uh, that's the next obvious you know, step that we take. There are three other scriptures, and I'll just read them. I mean, this is sort of like, you know, there are a lot on this topic, but just so you get the weight of Scripture. Romans 13, 8, 8 says this, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. Wow. I mean, it's our obligation. It's not like optional. Uh, th there should be this obligation that we have. It's like, I, I, I really need to find somebody to love, to help, to take care of. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. 1 John 3.11 This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And in Romans 12.10 Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I mean, this becomes a theme which goes deep and it goes on and on. And again, how are we doing it in these COVID times? Now, under the umbrella of love one another, I want to look at six different practical application of this that we see in the scripture of loving one another. So... Follow along with me as I go through these six uh, ideas. The first one is the way we can love one another is by encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. This is actually a big deal. And I'm going to read three scriptures on this. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 So encourage each other with these words. And in context, it's the words of the Bible. It's the theme of what God is doing. And then in 1 Thessalonians, a little further on in 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So there's this encouragement to us to encourage others to help them and build them up. And in this context, in Thessalonians, it was because times were uncertain and difficult, and people needed to be encouraged. But how about this one in Hebrews 10.25? It says, let us not neglect 
a meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now uh, that the, the day is, of his return is drawing near, or especially now because we're in COVID times. Now, let me just pause here. Uh, one of the primary reasons we gather in person is to encourage one another or to receive encouragement from one another. It's like we see someone's face and, and we we encouraged. We haven't seen them for a week. Uh, we hear the word of God and we're encouraged. There's all sorts of ways we are encouraged when we gather together to worship Jesus and there's a sense of God. We, we're asking, looking to you and we're wanting to enjoy the fellowship of other believers, and we want to encourage each other. In fact, it's a wonderful way to come to church, is to be asking God, like, who can I encourage? Or how can I find something or someone to encourage? And we can all be used by the Lord to encourage others. But now these are different times. I mean, we are doing church online. And I think we have to be more intentional about how we do the one another verses when we're doing online church. Now, I think we can, and I think we can do a great job of loving one another, encouraging one another when we're experiencing Sunday morning, our church experience online. It's different. I mean, you can forward a good sermon to somebody and say, hey, this encouraged me. I'm sending it to you. Hopefully you'll be encouraged. Or maybe somebody comes to mind and you text them or you send them an email. Uh, but we can encourage people electronically without actually being in person. All right, encourage us. Encourage one another. The second way that we love each other is to care for one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 uh, is talking about the church and describing the church as being a body and the body has many different parts and we all have a, a role to play. We're all part of the body in one way or another. We've all been given gifts. But in 12, 24, 25, it says this. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all our members, all the members, care for each other, so that all the members care for each other. It's like, okay, we're all in this together. How do we care for each other? We all got different roles. The body has different functions. But the unifying factor is we're all in it together, and we all care for each other, and we encourage each other by their differences and their strengths. And in doing so, we're all encouraged. So we care for one another. And so I agree with that. You know, C.S. Lewis, if you want a more intellectual uh, slant on this, uh, he says it this way. Do not sit around trying to manufacture feelings. Ask yourself, if I were sure that I loved God, what would I do? <laughs> when you found the answer, go and do it. 
Ah, oh, okay. It, it, C.S. Lewis says it like only C.S. Lewis can say it. Okay, here's a third aspect. If we're looking at how we can love one another, encourage one another, care for one another. How about this one? Accept one another. Romans 15, 5 and 7. May God who gives his gives this uh, patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be uh, given the glory. Accept one another. And then in the previous chapter, in chapter 14 of Romans, there's this very uh, well-known example uh, regarding food and uh, those that are weak in faith and what they eat. It goes like this. Accept other believers. Okay, there's the, the command. There's the one another. Accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. And then I love this example. For instance, one person believes it's right to eat anything, but another believer is sensitive, with a sensitive conscience, will eat only vegetables. And then it goes on to describe that, look, what are you eating is not the big deal. The big deal is, can you accept others, even when they have a pretty strong viewpoint about other issues? Now, friends, Accepting one another in today's climate as loving Christians is something that I want us to be uh, really aware of. Uh, you know, there are so many issues that are at stake here. I mean, just think of it from Christians wearing masks, not wearing masks, uh, Christians' opinions about gun control uh, and Black Lives Matter. Look, Jesus is passionate about social justice. He's passionate about this idea that we are all created equal and therefore we should be treating each other as equal. Now, what gets lost after that is the application of that. And boy, oh boy, are these heated times as to people expressing their opinion and there isn't a whole lot of accepting one another. There's a lot of, let me give you my opinion, but how about we listen to one another? In listening, we can accept one another. Uh, you know, I think some people have made the mistake that we have to win. We have to win the argument. We have to prove a scripture. When actually, we need to love one another. And we need to accept one another more than feeling like, okay, I've won the argument. And in most cases, it's not even like you're winning the argument. It's like people are so anxious to just be able to express their opinion that they just kind of dump it, vomit it out. And it just doesn't feel very loving. But on the other hand, I'm excited when I see this passion in people 
and its passion for what their perception of, you know, how we should be living in these times and what the gospel demands of us. And, and, and as long as we can agree that it's, you know, because we're all created equal and we need to love each other, we can go a long way. But if we're going to divide and, and reject people and walk away from friendships because somebody doesn't have exactly the same uh, idea that we do, I think we're missing the big picture. And now we're in an election cycle. And, I mean, you know, politics is, is huge in everything. And most of this stuff has a political overtone. And, uh, you know, the talk show hosts and the TV hosts are just trying to push a view or trying to get everybody that thinks the same to be in the same uh, chat room. And yet what we, I think, are needing to do more than any other time is this idea of accepting one another. Even if you have to think, okay, that Christian is weak in their faith, fine. But accept them, love them, embrace them, pray for them. <laughs> All right, uh, how about number four? Can we be kind to one another? And maybe this goes really with the previous one too. I mean, we could have a totally different viewpoint or, or you know, we want to get our angle on the issue across. But can we be kind to one another? Ephesians four thirty-one and 32, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another. Well, I, you know, this is a time when we really need to be pausing and thinking, how do we be kind to one another? How do we love one another? How do we elevate, uh, you know, this sense of this person's a fellow believer and I want to uh, support them and love them, even if we disagree on so many issues of the day. We agree on Christ and we agree on God's word. And God's word is emphatic that we love one another, that we support each other, that we, you know, are there for each other. So being kind to one another is also one of the gifts or one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5.22. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then it goes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness. I mean, when you think of somebody that pro, you know, professes to be a Christian, do we see kindness as one of the virtues that they uh, just exude? Are they kind? Because this is what we should be looking for. I mean, if we're going to become more and more like Jesus, if our devotional time and our reading and our pressing into the Lord is going to do anything, it's going to make us and transform us and change us to be more and more like Jesus. And the fruit of that is we become, you know, more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, etc., and kind. Number five. We should sympathize with each other. Sympathize with each other. First Peter 3.8 Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. 
be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Okay, as we express our passion uh, and our opinions of the views of the day, can we also <laughs> sympathize with others? Can we understand where they've come from and who they are and what their situation might be and who their friends are? And can we sympathize with one another? Uh, it, it would totally change who we are. And I think if we can all as a church body exude these things, uh, church would become super attractive and we would become super attractive because Jesus is super attractive. And the more we can become like Jesus in all these ways, we become more lovable and desirable and people want us to be around. Uh, these are the things that make a difference. And they are really important. So let me just go through five of these so far. Encourage one another, care for one another, accept one another, be kind to one another, sympathize with one another, and finally, worship with one another. Now, uh, let me read the scripture. Ephesians five eighteen through 21. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, <laughs> when I'm at church, I love to sing. I mean, I just love the experience of worshiping together. And it's often the time when I most experience God. I mean, God takes my mind and I'm, and I'm you know, in a, going a different wavelength and the words to the songs are helpful and getting somewhere. So I just want to encourage you, uh, find a way to worship together. And let me just wrap it up and say this. When we love each other, it will cost you. Oh, you didn't expect that. It will cost you. Be ready for it. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you money. It'll cost you maybe embarrassment. It will cost you. But the benefits are worth it. We become genuine, deep followers of Christ. It's not losing if we disagree with each other. It's losing if we don't love each other. Friends, bless you. Have a great week.